that's the challenge right now in this in this time is like I don't know who I am anymore because I can't do what I do like I thought I would could do it I need to figure out what are the things that till my soil what are the things that I need to plant and so what does that look like well read listen pray try and feed that because then something will grow between the grooves is hosted by james curtis music director and morning man in the greater toronto area on joy radio andrew brown juno nominated singer songwriter and worship leader both hope to share insights into christian music exploring ministry message and everything in between you can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. You know what that means. DB brought his coffee again. I sure did. And you got it in a little cup and everything. A little cute cup. I got a really big thermos over here yeah. beside me. I've just mm-hmm. got the... Uh, the takeout cup, mm. the paper cup with the little cover on top. So you can't, I can't slurp as, as, as well. Is that from the place across the street or down the street? Mm. I love that place. I can't remember the name of it, but it's amazing. Bean there. Bean there. It's right. It's so good. Support local. Yeah, right? Yeah. Did I ever tell you why I, I started getting my coffee there? I don't think so. I uh, I'm not going to mention names as far as you know. You the want big, name drop? Yeah, yeah I don't want to name drop because because they're not paying for this advertising. But, but I used to after my show in the morning, mm. after the morning show, because I wouldn't drink a coffee during my show because you get that phlegm in your throat. It's yes, like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. artists and singers and stuff. Right. So I wouldn't. I would just drink water. Way back when I would drink tea. Sure. But I, I typically just drink water now. And then after my show, I would drive to the local. Uh, coffee shop, yeah. go through the drive through and drive back. And then this whole pandemic thing happened and they were getting a little, um, uh, a little overly cautious, in my opinion, the way they were handling coffee and the, the guy sure. through the takeout was, you know, every time you hand him money, because I'm, I'm a money guy versus debit, although I've, I've been debiting more, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I would hand yeah. the guy money and yeah. then he would say, you know, thank you. And then he'd be gone for five minutes while he goes to wash his hands right. <laughs> every single time. Right. So not that that bothered me as much, but um, just it just was more convenient for me to walk to this coffee shop, totally. which is two seconds away. Yeah. And, and I actually am paying more for the coffee but I'm actually saving more money in the drive time. Gas and yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Like the, the other place was only five or ten minutes away, but by the time you drive there, yep. wait another five ten minutes through the drive through because everybody else is you know lining up for their coffee and then drive back. Right. I actually I did the analysis. Not that I'm yeah. you know, <laughs> sitting behind a spreadsheet doing but, all the numbers, but you did. But overly, <laughs> but overall, I'm saving myself money, paying yeah. more for coffee, better yeah. quality coffee. Yeah. And I'm saving money and saving time. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. just you know, the twenty minutes there and back. Yeah. Whereas now I can just get a coffee and go back. Yeah, uh, my boss loves it because I'm I'm back at the office sooner. <laughs> that's right. In the summertime, I would just go for a walk downtown. That's the way to go. You know. Oh yeah, dude. So yeah, that's that's my coffee story. Love Not it. that it matters. Not that we asked for it. Not that anybody cares. Exactly. <laughs> dude, you're awesome. Hey, today is episode one hundred and eighty. Of wow. Between the Grooves. Wow. And just so you know how we do our numbering system on Between the Grooves, because there's a lot of different podcasts out there and they, you know, they'll do their numbering based on, you know, season number. That's right. And then their, you know, podcast number for that year or mm-hmm. that season or whatever else. So, you know, I've seen podcasts that have only got maybe a total of 30 episodes and they're on episode 
203. Well, right. that means they're in their second season, third episode, and but they don't have 203 episodes out there. Right. Right? Right. We're on 180, and we have... 180 episodes Come on. since Come we on. started this thing over three years ago. I love it. I love so it. this is episode 180. It's your weekly look at music ministry and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And today's episode features an awesome conversation with none other than John Buller. He's a Canadian artist. Uh, we're going to be chatting uh, everything from getting into the creative mode on how he's pivoted and how others have pivoted during this season. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about mentoring. And this is, you know, right up your alley as well. Mm-hmm, it uh, really is. We're, this was uh, completely unexpected to be talking about this, but I think you asked the question. I did. I did. And and then we just go on from there. So it's, it's just fascinating to hear what he has to say, especially given the season that we're in. Uh, and, and overall, this conversation has some great nuggets of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And to me, that makes a between the crews episode is when you have something to take away. Yeah, you've got some funny moments, you horse around a little bit, but if there's something you can take away, especially given the fact that many artists and musicians listen to this podcast, they can take something away and learn something and, and actually change something in their lifestyle or something that they're doing in their career to make it better. Awesome. That's what go. it's all about. That's right. Yeah. John has, uh, he's been really good at keeping and maintaining a consistent career, which is rare for a lot of Christian artists in Canada specifically. Yeah. Um, so he's been around for since like the mid 90s and has been going strong since then with just releasing album after album. That for me is is quite a gift and quite a, a talent just by on its own, considering the musical landscape, considering the nation that we that we're a part of. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing to to see someone like that do that. And so I can't wait for all of you to hear this incredible conversation. But. With JB. But first. But first. But first. But first. We're going to make you wait a little bit. Of course. That's what we do. Actually, we're not going to make you wait too long because it's a it's a great conversation and there's so much in there for you. We like the tease. Exactly. This is the tease. This is the tease. That's written in my notes. The tease. The tease. <laughs> not to be confused with the coffees. That's right. Right. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this, Drew. Uh, well, before 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 I get into that, mm, just mm. want to remind everybody if they want to write into the show, uh, hit us up on social media, or you can email us at betweenthegrooves at faithstrongtoday.com. If you've got anything to share, an upcoming concert, upcoming album, that's right. new single that that's you're right. releasing, let us know. We'd be happy to share it. This was announced less than a week ago, the Grammys. Normally, they're at the end of January. They've been pushed to March 14th. Wait, my my grandmother's being pushed to March 14th? No, the Grammy me, me, me's, not grannies, Grammys. Oh. You know the awards? I swore you said granny. No. No, I said Grammy. Unless you wow. call your granny Grammy. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> not the wrong with that. Not the wrong with that. I'm not judging. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue, continue. <laughs> and if you have two Grammys. Well then, it's, look, it's my, Grammys. Coll- my collection of Grammys. I don't know why. <laughs> This as long is, you're not going to put your your Grammys on the mantle. This is ridiculous, <laughs> I and know. I love it. <laughs> yes, we do have to get serious. Sorry, once in a while. people. Sorry. 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 That was probably distasteful no. to a certain extent. No, no, no. It's good. The Grammys on the mantle could be. <laughs> it's like Elf on a Shelf. That's right. <laughs> Christmas is over. <laughs> um. Yeah, they've they've pushed they've pushed off the Grammys. 
<laughs> Drew has t- turned off his mic because he's still laughing. I'm sorry, Drew. I'm trying to get serious here. Okay. Are you calm now? What? I'm fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Yeah. The Grammys. Normally, they're at the end of January. They've been pushed to March 14th. Having said that, last year's Junos were actually canceled. This year. That's right. That's right. This year, they've moved them to May 16th in Toronto instead of uh, the end of March. That's going to ruin my vibe. I, like, March for me has always been a really good month for award shows. It's kind of a thing that I've always done, always enjoyed. Now I got to wait. Yeah. I don't want to wait. Well, who, tough, do I, who do I talk to? Tough luck, buddy. Who do I talk to about this? You can talk to me about it. I'm not going to do anything, but you can talk to me. <laughs> my therapist. <laughs> That's right. I'll be your therapist. Yeah. I mean, and it makes sense. It makes sense to push these things back. Like, it's. This is going to be a, a technical nightmare for a lot of these award shows, is trying to get like footage and, yeah. and so yeah. I don't have a problem with it being pushed, yeah. You know, to a different date. Um, I kind of deep down, I'm thinking to myself, if you're going to push it to a different date, you know, down the road, uh, are we going to have the opportunity to actually attend these things, or is it still going to be online? And if it's going to be online, well, then it's. You know, you've had a year to kind of adapt and and pivot as well. You know, try to make plans accordingly. Yeah, yeah. But who am I to say? I don't know all the technical, you know, stuff behind it. Uh, Neither do I. You know, I'm wondering if it's going to be a permanent change. So it would always be like a like a yeah. So instead of the Grammys, yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about the fact that normally the Grammys are at the end of January, perhaps early February. Is it going to permanently be moved to March now? And then the Junos are they permanently going to be moved to uh, May or or whenever they're going to hold? I hope not. I hope not. I mean, whatever. But I I don't know. I guess I hope not. Because I I really enjoy like the Grammy Super Bowl kind of (laughs) like. stretch of like craziness yeah. especially because in winter it's so blah so it's so, so much fun to kind of have these big events in the middle of there are a lot of them right in the winter months that's a thing so it's it's kind of overload sometimes for me anyways Fair when I'm enough. doing the morning show sure. and, I, and I start on a Monday morning it's like every other weekend there's been another awards right. thing to talk about right. on the morning show the next day it's like oh man if they're spread out more it's kind of nice you can't do them in the summertime I understand no. that yeah, yeah. but you know even in the fall and the spring um and winter, obviously. Maybe we should have our own award show. We won again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, up for best podcast, Between the Grooves, again. Wow. We're really good. <laughs> That's right. That's our award show, folks. That is it. Listen, Drew, we got to get to our conversation yeah, with John Buller because this is just an incredible conversation. This is one that uh, I've really been looking forward to us sharing with our listeners. Uh, so... Uh, John Buller uh, is a Canadian artist, musician, song leader. Um, he's been uh, around for quite a bit, as quite you mentioned. Bit, yeah. And uh, and we're going to get into this great conversation about what he's been up to, and also uh, you know some of his philosophies, some mm-hmm. of his um, words of wisdom. Is that the right terminology? I think that's perfect, man. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to it. We're going between the grooves with John Buller. I'm looking for James. I don't think we're expecting any calls, are we, Drew? Mm, nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. Well, thanks for calling, right. and thanks for being an avid listener. We'll yeah. we'll chat another time. No, I'm just kidding. 
Okay, okay, okay. Keep going, guys. Keep doing what you do. That's right. That's right. Keep doing what we're doing. Well, it's not a whole lot. Oh, man. Johnny B, Johnny B, how you doing, baby? Yeah, really good, man. Good, good to hear your voice again. Likewise, man. Likewise. Yeah, I appreciate this, guys. This will be fun. Yeah, yeah. Good to have you on the show. It's uh, great to finally connect with you. I cannot believe, and I've uh, drooled, you know, shoot me for saying this, but I cannot believe it, we've been doing this thing for three and a half years, and I cannot believe we've had you on our show until now. Oh, wow. Well, it's, it's kind of neat. I mean, I, I have a, uh, a special place in my heart, to be honest, um, for, for joy because of uh, our old friend Jim. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and Jim and I, uh, like way back in the day when I was going to Nashville, like every year for three or four years, um, and trying to build a, you know, a recording career. Jim was always in Nashville for GMA every, whenever that was, I can't remember April or May, I think it was in the springtime. And um, he always knew like where the free food was. <laughs> Classic gym. Classic gym. At all the uh, like all the parties. Like, okay, if we go to this party at two and this party at five, you know, we'll have appies. And um, he was just such a fun, a fun guy, and he was really supportive of my music in the early years. And so that. You know that's uh, that's 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 the space in my heart when I think of joy. I think of uh, Jim, and now now there's a you know new new friends and new and old friends uh, with you guys. So that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Jim was was I was his go to guy whenever he wanted because I I always before I took over the morning show and and became the music director, uh, I was yeah. his go to guy. Uh, whenever he was going to go on vacation, he wouldn't even book anything. He would touch base with me first. He'd send me an email saying, "Hey, I'm thinking of taking this week off. Does does that work yeah. for you? You know, because because I was working awesome. a full time job, and so uh, you know it was it was a killer if he decided to take two or three weeks off, like for me to wow. you know work a forty to fifty hour work week and then on top of that do the morning show it it became a bit much uh-huh. so in the end it was just like you know what if it's a couple of weeks i can make it happen if it's longer than that just like oh, yeah you know it's yeah. tough then call, then call drew make drew do it yeah, that's right. <laughs> drew, that's can you right. imagine drew doing the morning show can you imagine drew I mean, being up that early i mean that's usually when i go to bed so it's actually okay it's actually okay <laughs> That's funny. That's oh, when Drew goes to bed when exactly. the morning show starts. That's I like right. That. That's right. <laughs> well, at least he's listening. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> awesome, Johnny B. That's listen, I, I remember, oh man, years ago, and I did. I wasn't familiar, familiar with your music at the time, and I was uh, mm-hmm. playing at a at a camp up in Muskoka Woods and doing like the worship and stuff there, and. And I was talking to a bunch of people, and they're like, you know, like listen to what's 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 new in music right now. And this one guy's kind of like, oh man, the new John Buller record is amazing. That's crazy. And I'm like, awesome. what? Well, it was like the Sinner and the Saint. I think it just came out. I think this is like, this is like, nice. uh, I mean, ninety eight, like nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? Who, who's this guy? And, and sat down. And he said, hey, me take my copy for a little bit. And I listened to it. And I was like, man, this guy's yeah. good. He's Canadian. Okay. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, like a few weeks later, uh, maybe it was more than a few weeks. A few weeks later, he actually played at my church. Um, so at the time, That's I was crazy. going to uh, the Ukes Church downtown Toronto. Yeah, and they they loved you, man. Yeah. yeah, they loved oh, yeah. you, man. And so they, you were like a full on rock star in their eyes. And so it was really cool, to kind of like like get to know your music there. And then when I moved to Winnipeg, get to know a little bit of your legacy that you that you created. And that sounds that sounds really 
you know what I mean? Like you, you really did a lot of great work in Winnipeg, um, and made a lot of great memories for people and a lot of great connections to God for people. You were, your um, the, what you did, your work, your, your incredible ministry left a massive, massive fingerprint there. It was beautiful, man. You have to be car- careful with the word legacy. That's why I was like, because when you do, exactly. when you do, you make somebody sound old and, and they're done. Yeah. 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 That's it's why I was like, like, oh, I don't want to say that. Let me yeah. do it to the back. Past yeah. tense. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Hope you had a great Cause career. Because you're, you're doing nothing now yeah. at all. <laughs> so. Where, that's John Buller. He's residing in the where are they now file. <laughs> this could be, this could be our where are they now episode. <laughs> that's, oh my gosh. If only people knew. <laughs> oh man. Uh, like that. We had amazing years, Drew, in Winnipeg. Like Winnipeg is just crazy. There's something in the water there, you know, yeah, they say. And um, I think for five years, I mean, I lived there till uh, I think, gee, um, for, for most of my life until about 15 years ago. Yeah. And um, we had, I think for five years, did the monthly worship night That's right. um, at the Walker Theater. Uh, there, um, now affectionately named the Burton Cummings Theater. Mm-hmm. And so it was like 60, 60 events, I think, or something like that in that space of time. And it just became like a sort of a little incubator, you know, for musicians, a lot of them that went on to, you know, um, to leave me- their legacies as well. That's <laughs> so right. Speak, right. With, you know, uh, wins and nominations and stuff. So for, to have been part of that, uh, season in our city, um, for me, it was very, very humbling and special. And I, I'm grateful. Um, I was, one question I've always wanted to ask you is that you were always excellent at uh, mentoring young musicians. Like every every time I've seen you or I've been to one of the events, you always had these incredible young players. And like you said, who have gone on to be now these Juno Award winning incredible artists across Canada. But I always, you've always been really good at that and always been very intentional with that. Um like where where did that sort of desire to kind of like raise up a younger generation of killer musicians and hopefully worshipers <laughs> as well? Where did that come from, and and how do you like how could you help people foster that in their own lives? Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> it's a good question. I've, I've been trying to figure it out for a long, long time. <laughs> to be honest, um, I don't really. I, I for me, it was just so so accidental through like. We, especially in those Hear the Music years, you know, um, <clears throat> we were, what we were doing, um, it just seemed to, it seemed to gather the city, but then the thing that almost surprised me or was unexpected was it, it was gathering the musicians and sort of everyone wanted to come and kind of hang out in, in that uh, little melting pot and, and play music together. and. So it was really, for me, it was more about just uh, becoming intentional. Like when I realized, oh, there's, there's another young guy or girl. Oh, you know, they're pretty good. Oh, they, all they, they just need a, they need to be affirmed and they need mm-hmm. a place to play. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, unfortunately, but it's okay, I, I get it. Um, they just didn't have the outlet in their churches. Um, and so here the music became this outlet for young musicians to come and uh but it wasn't just all the young folks it was some of the older folks too right um when starfield tim newfield and the band mm-hmm. started coming around you know uh one of the conversations that i had with somebody was uh oh starfield they're awesome and 
And then someone said, "What do you think of John Buller?" And and there was some some younger uh, younger girls, and they said, "Oh, John Buller? Oh, he's old." <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, even back then I was the old guy. Um, but it was it was sort of us um, experienced musicians and a whole bunch of young people that were just turning up. And so then we then we got intentional about it, and then we started to figure out, okay, let's do let's do some, um, some training. Let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's get organized. Um, you know, so we started a charity called hear the music. We started doing conferences and, and workshops and, and made, made our, uh, it, it was kind of like every year or two, um, I would have sort of a new crop of young people coming with me on the road, which was nice cause they're way cheaper. <laughs> yeah. I was just going <laughs> to <You know>? say, <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they're just like, what we get food. Yeah. <laughs> You know, That's right. We we get fed before the gig. Like I don't have to pay for this, you know. So I always kind of laughed at that. And uh, and then after a year or two, um, you know, it's kind of like okay, they um, it, it's like you know pushing a, a kid on their bike basically, and, yeah. and off they go. Yeah. And then someone new comes in. So it's uh, it's you know it's a kind of a long rambling answer to a question that that Drew. I'm still trying to figure out. I just love it. It's in my heart. Yeah. You know to to mentor and to train and. I've done that for years as a worship pastor as well. So it just kind of happens naturally, I guess. I think it's a natural phenomenon anyways when you get a bunch of uh, artists and and or wannabe artists, if you want to call it that, and musicians <laughs> and songwriters yeah. together. They just kind of kind of lean towards each other and lean towards each other's yeah. strengths and stuff. And somebody's going to be more mature or more... Um, um, it, in the business more like they've been around a lot longer uh, and again we're not talking age I'm just talking about maturity uh, and so sure. they would be able to offer some guidance to these younger ones or people that haven't been in the business as long and I think that's great I mean that's the community that you that you achieve with all of that that's right I agree and and a lot of I think a lot of guys like you know when I look at guys like Steve Bell and, and others that have been doing it um I, and myself, I started to feel after, you know, either, even like five, 10 years, I was like, okay, I, you know, in my twenties and I was, I was trying to get success and in my thirties, I was still trying to get success, but at some point in there, I was trying to, um, get, I wanted to be significant, not necessarily successful. Like I wanted what I do to mean something, not just to me. Like you, right. when you start to realize, okay, it's, it's uh, it's not really about me. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but you know, it's been about me all this time. Hmm. You know, could I let go of that? And you know, that's even a biblical idea. Like the Lord, just, He says, He reminds us. You know, um, don't uh, don't do this for yourself. I'll I'll elevate you at the right time. I can't remember where it says that Philippians maybe. Or, don't be anxious. Don't be nervous. You know, just trust me. Um, I got this. And if you're meant to be elevated, I'll elevate you. But in the meantime, just do what you're meant to do. And then and he kind of takes care of the rest. So. so unlike many artists in Canada specifically, you are, you're not a full-time uh, Christian artist. You're a pastor. Yes. Yep. And, uh, and you're also a reverend? Yeah, I, I, um, I finally finished my ordination nice. uh, work and uh, you know when the shutdown happened back in March um, I was getting close to the end of that journey and uh, I'm a, an alliance uh, church pastor Christian and missionary alliance in Canada and um, so there's a two-year kind of cohort process that we go through and 
uh, study and write and read. And I, I got myself on the three-year plan because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need a bit, a bit extra time. But I resigned from my pastoral position um, about two years ago to go back into the nonprofit and the training and stuff that we've, we've been talking about this morning. And um, so finally, yeah, I had the time, right, when the shutdown happened to because uh, everything else was canceled, just really drill down on the studies. So, so finish that, and so I'm actually not pastoring at a church uh, now, but it's nice to have that, um, you know, the professional designation. A lot of what I do now is the is the training and equipping stuff, and so, um, you know, whatever uh, Christian tradition um, people are in, there's there's some credibility there that's um, I think important uh, that they know that you've done the work and the theology, and you've uh, you know had to account for that and yeah so uh it was important for me it took took me a while to get to it but it was an important thing to do you know the the reverend designation also makes one sound old if i can say <laughs> wow. it's becoming all about that eh? sorry I, I, just, did a, I did a best of like years ago i did a best of compilation and that same thing kind of happened to me there. I was like, okay, well, when do you do a best of? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, Have you ever okay. done a best yeah. of, Drew? No. <laughs> you're no. scared. Yeah. That's right. It's time, yeah. time because you're getting old too, buddy. Oh, man. No, forever young, baby. Forever young. <laughs> <laughs> so you're spending a lot of time uh, training and stuff. And I guess, I guess one of the things that uh, you kind of look after is this Levite summit. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So I guess, um, first of all, what is it? I, I, it's it's an interesting name, Levite. I guess that's in reference to the Levites back in the days of the Israelites and, and whatnot, the yeah. 12 tribes. And they were, I guess, they were kind of the assistants, assistants to the priest and I, I guess they were in charge of worship. Yeah, well, the Levites were the yeah the the tribe of Levi, and their primary responsibility was the um, to uh, uh, the the spiritual uh, leadership of of the nation. Uh, so uh, the Levites would have been in charge of like everything from the custodial duties of the uh, tabernacle. Um, to uh, you know, to the music and, and the preaching, um, and sort of everything in between the sacrifices and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it, it, to me, it connects you know not just to the uh, the artists, so to speak, in the Old Testament, but um, the royal priesthood that we read about in the New Testament. That we're all kind of called to serve God's people with with our songs or with our art. And and some folks, you know, obviously are more more called to the artistic uh, leanings and more gifted in that. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the sort of the, the the origin of the name for us. Well, let's do a a conference that's about worship and it's about art and it's about leadership and who are those people and how can we affirm them and train them and encourage them and inspire them. A big part of Levite Summit is prayer, prayer ministry, and so having a safe place where all these tribes can come and just be, um, you know, be loved on really essentially shepherded. A lot of times we're, we're doing, we're doing our art. We kind of pour out and let's face it, you know, the artists are 
we're a, a little bit more um, maybe up and down <laughs> with our with our moods and our mental health and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the tortured artist, and so we, yeah, we need a place, a safe place, a place where we're understood, and uh, that's that's a lot of uh, what the Levite Summit's about. And from your description as well, initially, uh, it sounds like a typical pastor that, you know, obviously is leading the people, preaching or teaching, and also cleaning the toilets. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah, they can kind of do everything in between, right? Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it is, uh, it's uh, sometimes a lonely, uh, weary place to be, um, not to, uh, I, I don't want to make, you know, I, I, that's not to sound like, they're the only ones, um, but uh, you know everybody sort of needs that place where they can go and they feel uh, loved, accepted, and where where they can learn a bit together, you know, and uh, feel a good energy and a good vibe, and and you know, like we talked already, that's sort of where I naturally gravitate is like, how can I kind of contribute um, to to folks young and old. So, so we've, t- we've moved it all online now. You know, it's it's kind of a crazy thing. We had to figure figure all of that out. Um, I was just going to say the 2020 version of the Levi Summit would have all been online as as compared to an in person event in previous years. It was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Drew, thanks again, Drew, and hope hope that uh, you'll be a part of it again yet. But yeah. Drew was part of our first one there in the, the worship track and. Uh, we split it up, so we would do normally, a, a, you'd, you'd come to a Levite Summit for a weekend, you know, and kind of do the typical conference thing for a couple of days. So the online version, because I know, you know, we figured everyone's kind of tired of screens and Zoom meetings and stuff, so we split it up t- into three weekend, three Saturdays, and then we um, we record the content so people can... They can, you know, go to the conference for an hour and then and take a break, or they can, you know, just take it in bite-sized pizza. <laughs> bite-sized pizzas. <laughs> you had me a pizza. Yeah, I'm like pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> bite-sized piece, pieces, you know, and you can have pizza while you're there. That's too. right. You, yeah, you can, you know, you can go get your coffee, whatever. So it's it's a different thing. I'm learning a lot about it. I was grumpy, you know, for pretty much all of March and April and much of May because I didn't want to have to learn how to do what I do differently. It kind of, kind of ticked me off, but eventually I got over myself and, um, and we got quite excited about trying to create something that is really, really helpful for those same groups of people. Uh, really fun, really exciting, really sort of shepherding and pastoral, uh, but lots of learning too. Well, certainly lots of learning when it comes to, as you've indicated, the the doing something different. I mean, nobody likes change, um, and, right. and there's a lot of adaptation that needs to happen in this new era that we live in. And so yeah. doing something online is completely different from an in-person event, and you lose certain aspects of it, too, because you know, one of the things yeah. that these in-person events do is it allows you to network with people. Yeah, think of the uh, the GMAs um, every year that yeah. you know they yeah. couldn't do that this year. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting challenge, you know, to figure out how to do that. And we actually we started with um, <clears throat> uh, a portal. Um, they're called Brushfire Online, and they've they've figured out a few sort of little extras that you can do with the online chat and stuff like that. And so we're just thinking, you know, okay, you know, how can we create some of those situations and interactions, um, you know, for people and, and, and almost, uh, yeah, just 
make a way to do that online. I know that you can't do it exactly the same, but, and then uh, encourage people in the, to do it in cohorts as well. Uh, mm-hmm. James, like, you know, we had people because it's all recorded content. It's kind of cool because, um, you know, you can uh, get six people together or you can do something that's COVID compliant um, and you don't have to do it the day that the live stream goes live. You can do it any time. So we had a few churches that have signed on with groups of four or six or 10 or 20 um, and they just, they do it, you know, whatever. Thursday nights when they do their team time, they they turn on the stream and, and watch it and it works and, and there's some of that relational component that's so you know that we're missing so much right now hmm. it'll get better it will yeah <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying uh, hmm. John if you could go <clears throat> to if you could talk to the old ver- the younger version of yourself you know let's say you mm-hmm. in like 95 you know, before things got crazy for you. What's one mm. thing that you would want to sort of teach the younger John Buller? Like you're talking about when he was in a to- when he was a toddler, like in 95? <laughs> well, considering his first album was 93. Well, he was very young. He, he, he was like in the womb making music. That's a gift. Yeah. That's right. right man. <laughs> trying to help you, John. Trying singing. to help you. Came out singing. That's right. Um, wow, that's a great question, Drew. Um, I, you know, I'm such a processor. I probably would have a different answer, like in a, an hour Fair enough. or a day, <laughs> but, but right now what I'm thinking about mostly is, you know, this journey that, uh, many artists, um, leaders have with, with anxiety and or depression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, about 20 years ago, I had a sort of a two year, really intense journey with that and you know seemed to and uh, got some tools and um you know this last six months or so with covid it just kind of it seemed to almost like uh re-enter my life and so i i think um and it's been good it's been a good challenge because i've had to address it again and you know go back to the doctor and um start seeing my counselor again and get back to the gym and read and just invest in my heart and my mind. And there's all kinds of pieces that can help you with that kind of a journey if that's your story. And that's probably what I would talk to my younger self about. Mm. I would say you don't have to feel this way for the rest of your life, you know. And here are some of the tools and um, here's the hope that you have in your 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 faith like here's the foundation of overcoming some of that stuff and you know having those kinds of conversations i think with a lot of artists is huge right now because hmm. we don't know what to do like everything's been canceled you know like like you said james like nothing like everything is <clears throat> changing but much in a much more profound way hmm. well and nothing so, you can plan uh, for that's for sure <clears throat> Right, exactly. Yeah. 
And I and I and I think what you're saying as far as um, you know the the discouragement. Uh, look at look at the artists. Maybe they're a new artist and they've got these plans. And you know you you drop some plans uh, oh. and and this is this is where you want to be in a year from now. This is where you want to be in three years or five years. It's like a business plan, yeah, like right. like any business would have. Yep. And so even if you're yep. not a, a new artist but you're an established artist, you've got a goal of you know whether it be this many. Now, using quotes shows because you know it depends on what type of artist you are. If you're just a uh, an entertainer, uh, which is not a bad thing in the Christian community, or if you're a worship leader, I don't like when worship leaders call it a show, uh, and that's the reason why I say that. But you know, <laughs> yeah. you you might have these plans of this is what you're planning for the year, and then none of that happens, and then you're struggling yeah. to find out how am I going to make a living. So you see a lot of artists. Uh, promoting their merch right now. You see a lot of artists writing books right now and doing something to keep them occupied and hopefully have a livelihood when they're when they're when we're through this thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know it. Uh, it makes me think a little bit about the conversation that you guys. I was listening to one of your uh, previous podcasts with a guy named Zach from uh, Detroit. Yeah. Um. And uh, he. You guys were talking about being like how to be creative. Um, you said something about you know you get some of your best ideas when you're you're falling asleep or when you're waking up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the conversation had that sort of rhythm and beat to it, and it made me think of um, you know when I with the song the songwriting piece of the conversation for artists or the creativity conversation. Um, I had a sabbatical uh, a few years ago, and I thought I'll ha- I'll have all this time in the world to write, but I you know I looked at my guitar and I looked at the couch and I would just go sit on the couch, right. um, and I couldn't like uh, there was nothing uh, in the tank, yeah. and um, I was I was reading a, a book back then called Adrenaline and Stress by Archie Hart, and uh, there was a section in there about creativity. It said something about like, your adrenaline, right? So, when you're you're at your most creative, when you're in a lo- the lowest adrenaline state, and so why you get those ideas when you're falling asleep or when you're waking up is because you finally you finally chilled out. <laughs> hmm. But you're at you're at your most productive when you have a higher uh, level of adrenaline. So you kind of so you know those of us that are in this place right now of um, trying to find, figure out what to do, we we have to um, we have to create uh, or be intentional about finding a place like that. And the only way to do that the, in this heart book that I was reading is he uses the analogy of planting. Like you, you can't be creative out of a vacuum. So first, you have to till the soil. Then you have to plant the seed. Then you have to nurture it. Then you have to like water it, give it sunshine, and then it'll grow. Hmm. So that's the challenge right now in this in this time is like I don't know who I am anymore because I can't do what I do like I thought I would could do it. I need to figure out what are the things that till my soil, what are the things that I need to plant, and so what does that look like? Well, read, listen, <clears throat> you know, pray get back to your disciplines, try and feed that, like fill that tank, because then something will grow. Yeah. And that might be redemptive. That might be a redemptive thing, and it might be a good thing in, in terms of our identity uh, and re- remembering who we are, you know? You know, the flip side to all of that, John, is 
is, you know, you mentioned about, you know, being in that creative mode, going to sleep or waking up. I get my creative time in the shower, believe it or not. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. if, if that's the case and you need that creative mode, either you get more sleep or you take more showers. <laughs> I like it. Yes? No? Yeah. Drew? Drew's looking yeah. at me like, are you serious? No, no. <laughs> I think in that conversation, I think we talked about actually the, for me, it's a shower as well. And so I, I had a, a system in place so I can actually capture my idea as well. That's without, the worst part is how are you going to write it down? This is it. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. So how, yeah. what's your system? Because <laughs> for me, yeah, it's, an, it's so I, I try to remember it. Like I always have a, uh, if I'm in the shower and I've got these ideas yeah. and usually it's not just one idea, it's three ideas. So it's like one, two and yeah. three. So I'm trying to remember a key word for, from each of the, those ideas so that when I get out of the shower, I can write it down, at least the key words, so I can remember yeah. what those ideas Perfect, were. Perfect, yeah. Because you don't want to lose it, right? Well, that's a thing. So, but if it's if it's more than three ideas, I'm shot. Like, what am I going to do? I can't remember more than three things. Oh, yeah, I, I had a suction cup thing, um, like a suction cup, like iPhone holder yeah. that I put just just far enough outside of the shower, you know, so it wouldn't be, you know, too moist. And so I have an idea. I just press the, you know, on your iPhone, you have an instant access right to voice memo. Yeah. One button, boom. I'll push that and I would sing or, you know, you know, do the beatbox thing or whatever, you know, whatever it is, yeah. just to capture the idea. Because, yeah, my best ideas are, yeah, sleeping, waking, shower. But the, the worst part, if you're in bed and you get the idea. I hate that so much. Well, it, the worst part of that is that I've heard, you know, there's stories of people that will write it down. Like they've got a notepad beside their, their bed and they write it down in the middle of the night or something. Yeah. They get up and they can't, they can't read what they wrote. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea, but I can't read this. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But it just makes me wonder, like, what, what, so where is James? Is James still in the shower? Like, three hours later. Kind of yeah, well, I'm being shower. creative. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. Drew, Drew hasn't been, Drew's been in the shower for four hours. Must be writing another great song. Yeah. <laughs> new, new hit single from Drew yeah, after uh, the shower. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, it's so true. Well, solitude is huge. That's one of the reasons exactly. I think why. That's right. You're right. A lot of artists need solitude. Not all of us, because the extroverts aren't don't don't really crave it. But but the introverts need a ton of solitude because you can't you, you know you can't sort of um, dig for the ideas until it's been you know quiet enough for long enough, kind of thing. Hmm. You know, you mentioned the frustration about, uh, you know, especially in the beginning of this pandemic when people are, you know, isolated, stuck at home, I guess, essentially, and, yeah. uh, you know, using that time creatively and creativ- creativ- creatively, 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 okay. my mind's gone, <laughs> uh, whatever, you think I talk for a living or something. <laughs> But for, for me, like, um, you know, we were radio stations were considered an essential service. So I was still going to work every day. And yeah. my wife uh, helps her mom, who's uh, basically in not quite a nursing home, but living on her own, uh, living on her own uh, beside a nursing home. And she's got limited mobility. So she would be going to help her. And she still does help her a couple of days a week. My kids in school. And so for me, it was just life went on. And I was getting a little jealous of the fact that many other people were on I'll say vacation mode. Yeah, right. And right. and so like it was frustrating because I'm just working my tail off and you know trying to do what I need to do in my job and everything else and and you know seeing my family yeah. just as much as I saw them before. <clears throat> so so after a few months of me doing that, I decided, you know what? I'm I, you know, I've always got a list of things to do, right? I've always got this thing that I things I want to do and get accomplished. I I decided that, you know, I'm not I'm going to intentionally not do some of that stuff so I can have some of this downtime that everybody else is enjoying. And that's when everybody else picked up. 
up. It's like, right. okay, so now I'm enjoying right. this guilt, this downtime, and I'm feeling guilty about it because everybody is kind of doing stuff now, you know? <laughs> really frustrating. Yeah. Really, really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I, I did have a few of those kinds of conversations with people because, the uh, you know, a lot of, uh, like you say, um, James, uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks had to just kind of keep driving, and certainly the artists and um, people that I often talk to or work with are trying to re reinvent or, you know, relaunch or refigure stuff out. Um, but then there were, you know, some, some of my friends were like, man, I'm, I'm so thankful. I need, I needed a break. You know, uh, I have a friend who's a dentist and he, he called it a sabbatical, <clears throat> right? Cause he was he, every day going mountain biking and, um, uh, you know, on, on the other hand, the flip side, he he was also pretty um, pretty stressed out about the fact that uh, his business he, he didn't he didn't know what it would look like uh, later. But he was able to sort of shift gears and c- kind of let that go and embrace some of the opportunity. I just wonder if like it's a hard conversation to have right now because. Uh, but, it, but it's, it's true. It's the, the it's the thing, um, adapt or die basically yeah, like yeah. adapt, adapt, or, <clears throat> you know, you, you won't have something later. Like I just think, uh, my producer, um, Roy Salmon in Vancouver, we've been working on some new music and he's got this little sign on his console that says adapt or die. And it's been there for years. Like I've been working with him for <clears throat> many years and I go back and it's still that st- sticker. It drives me crazy almost. It's like, <clears throat> am I adapting? Hmm. But right now we have no choice, right? And you you had to do the same thing. Like you had to keep working, but then you realize, no, I need I got to take a break because I'm going to burn out. And uh, all the rest of us are kind of at some point realizing the same thing. We we have to embrace the opportunities um, and try and live with a sense of gratefulness even amidst all the craziness and isn't that what who god is anyways right like mm-hmm. the whole narrative of of the bible is is redemption the old testament is is about redemption even though it's you know a pretty crazy bunch of stories it's about redemption in the new testament too but anyway you guys are going to have to cut this this interview up <laughs> quite aggressively because i'm i'm jumping around all over the place but oh, yeah. i love it i love it man it's great yeah same here I, yeah. We, we like jumping around i mean that's the reason that's why we good. don't have a, a specific format and yeah. and stuff that we're talking about it just the uh, conversation yeah. flows so that's right well i love it you know I, I was saying to somebody else the other day because um most of the time um, on the radio, it's got to be quick, and you better know what you want to say um, if you got a message, because you may only get you know thirty seconds or two minutes for a quick uh, interview and wave wave yeah, your flag, yeah. right? But so these kinds of conversations are kind of nice because you can you can meander and uh, you, you know you can come back to stuff or uh, reprise a thought or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so thank you. No, no, it's all good. That's the magic of podcasts. It really is. It really is because yeah. because we we don't have the necessarily in the radio world the forum to be able to um, have a long 
I'll say long-winded conversation, uh, but not sure, not in yeah. a negative sense. Um, now, this this show does air on Joy Radio, but it's a cut-down version just because, again, because of time. But the fact that we're able to right. have uh, you know this podcast opportunity, and quite mm-hmm. frankly, this this was way before COVID hit, anyways, for us. Like yeah. Drew and I have been doing this yeah. for three and a half years, and we had somebody tell us recently that we're that we are. Um, uh, legends, no, not what was the word? I don't know. It was, it was <laughs> you're leaving a legacy. No, it was it was Matthew. It was Matthew West that that said oh, to yeah, us recently right. that we were like like uh, veterans of the podcast world or something. It's like okay, now I feel old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess in the podcast world, three and a half years is long versus you know, uh, I guess a lot of it because. Uh, sometimes podcasts don't last that long, right? right? They're right. they're short term yeah. thing yeah. to keep somebody busy or whatever. Like right. like many like I mentioned earlier about what people have done over the last six to eight to twelve months almost That's now right. is uh, is write a book, you know, promote their merch, and then start, start a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> That's how right. many podcasts? Yeah, yeah. How many podcasts have so started many, in the last oh eight months? Gosh. Really, so many, so many. <laughs> I've, I've kind of resisted the idea, frankly, but uh, it might be something that I need to do. But like, well, I, there, there's enough of them out there um, and good ones, too. Like uh, ones like you guys that have been <clears throat> been faithful at it um, that people are really grateful for. So, you know, maybe you just got to make sure that you have something worthwhile to say. Right. That's the key. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, yeah, I appreciate uh, what you guys are doing in that way. Before we uh, let you go, um, I have a question for you. Uh, we do this thing mm-hmm. um, every episode. We have this thing called artist advice. And what it happens is that we ask our guests um, kind of like, you know, what one piece of advice would you give to an artist? Um, I want to ask you the same question, but I want to ask you two questions. I want to ask you um, not so much artist advice, but specifically a worship leader advice. Then also specifically a songwriter advice, because um, you know uh, beyond being a pastor and a worship pastor, you are kind of known as being like like leader of leaders when it comes to worship. Um, but also, you've written so many great songs within the Canadian Thank hymnal, you. and so um, I'm, I'm I'm curious if you had one piece of advice for a worship leader, and then also one piece for a songwriter, what would it be? And you've given us so much advice already, but yeah, I just want to revisit this question. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think what's top of mind right now, um, I don't know why it came to mind, but years ago I read, um, I don't remember the book, but I remember the advice. It was, uh, that, um, worship leaders in particular, um, folks that lead and musicians, we often have, a um, a strong need for affirmation. Hmm. Um, and that's not wrong and it's, it's not bad. It, it can become so if that's our primary driver though. And so if, uh, if I would say something to the worship leaders and anybody that leads is what I, what I read was we as leaders need to put aside our personal need for affirmation and find that um, outside of people. In other words, for those uh, people of faith, is to find find our affirmation and our calling and our identity uh, in in God. You know, John fifteen is a really good spot for that. The abide in when Christ is talking about abiding. Um, Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, is kind of the, the heart of that, or one of the hearts of that that section there. And so that's 
that's really important, I think, for us as worship leaders to remember is that our identity, our drive, our primary drivers, our affirmation needs to come from that place. And then all the other stuff, then we can handle it. You know, then we can we can uh, deal with sort of the the um, sometimes what happens is pe- they don't mean to, but people patronize, they they praise, they elevate, <clears throat> and then we can we can handle that. So that's you know that's maybe one one thing that might be might be helpful for leaders and worship leaders in particular. It's, it's interesting you say that because I remember years and years ago of a, an artist, not a really an artist, but it was a soloist in my church and her philosophy was and she was she got married, she she married the music director of the church and whatnot. So she was very involved in music and she was an amazing singer. Mm-hmm. She still is an amazing singer. And what one mm-hmm. thing she told me once was, you know, um, if you do get the affirmation or the praise from somebody, a good way of not letting it get to your head is to take it, thank them for it, and then later on, when you're having your conversation with God, give it back to God. That's so good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. that's that's golden, James. Yeah, and I, and I always remember that because it, it's so easy to, when you do get the affirmation from somebody— to to let it get to your head and think, hey, I'm a big shot. Like I'm 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 big time now, right? Uh, versus just yeah. kind of having more of a humble attitude and say, well, you know, thank you, um, I appreciate it, and then and then give it back to God later on. And that way, it doesn't get to your head. That's really yeah. Good. That makes tons of sense. I think a lot of times, um, I had a pastor once tell me about his philosophy of worship and ministry is Psalm seventy eight seventy two. Um, this little part in there in that song which says that David led with skillful hands and a pure heart. <clears throat> it's a, the JBV, the John Buller paraphrase. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I, I know that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but basically meaning, you know, we can, we need to develop both sides. We need to develop a purity uh, and authenticity uh, of uh, love for the Lord and, in our heart and our, our heart of worship. Um, but we also are meant to develop our gifts, um, you know, uh, skillful hands and a pure heart. And so whenever one or the other kind of overcomes or is sort of out of balance, so to speak, like if you get my drift, like if there's someone that has tons of heart, but they're just not at all doing what they're gifted to do, it's pretty distracting from who, you know, pointing someone to God. But the same thing in the performance aspect, what I was thinking about when you were talking about that um, lady, woman in your church, if she were too focused on her gifts, and because obviously she's gifted and called, but wasn't developing that heart to give that praise back to God, then again, like, <clears throat> the most excellent solo won't point you to God. Right. Because the other side of the gifting is, is uh, out of balance. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I like that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry, Drew. So the the uh, the question about songwriters. Yeah. yeah. You want to grab that really quick? Let's or? do it, man. Let's do it. Um, so you you'll know Amanda Cook. Um, I love her. Yeah. Amanda Falk, Amanda Cook. That's right. Um, and she had a great story at uh, uh, GMA uh, years ago. She was talking about uh, being a tree in winter. Yes. And. So for the the songwriters, I would I would relay that story and connect it back to part of our conversation earlier this morning. Um, that you know, if you're to talk to a tree in winter and say, "Give me some leaves," you know, and if it was Narnia and the tree could talk back to you, say, um, 
the tree would say, well, leave me alone. It's winter. I don't, I don't do leaves in winter. I don't produce fruit in winter. Um, and so the, the songwriters um, should remember a couple things. Like there are things that we do in winter. It may seem like stuff is dead in winter, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just resting. And so it's not that you can't write in winter, but you, you, it may not be the most fruitful time. And that, that can sometimes really help the songwriter to realize that uh, those moments where you, you can't seem to find the ideas or every idea that you are producing just doesn't seem to go anywhere, doesn't feel great, it's okay. Because one thing that you know about, this is from another book I read by uh, Buchanan um, called Spiritual Rhythms. Um, you, one thing you know about seasons is you know they will eventually end like in Winnipeg I grew up in Winnipeg right you knew that like sometimes it's like is winter ever Ever gonna gonna end end? (laughs) I see where you're going with this but but it did yes it did end and so the songwriter needs to remember okay if I'm in winter right now it will end and there will be a spring and the spring is gonna be like epic and that's a lot of times what happened for us in Winnipeg right like spring happens it was still minus five, and every everybody was w- w- running around in shorts. Shorts, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's you right. Know? That's optimistic so, thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, um, let not your heart be troubled, songwriters, leaders, artists. Um, know that the season, and yeah, it's maybe good to remember right now too for our whole world. Right, this mm. season we're in, it will end. It will end, and so you know, press in, press on, continue. Um, you know, love and support and encourage each other and, and, um, you know, relentlessly pursue God because he wants to fill us with hope and help us to, you know, help you to, to keep that hope in in your heart. So, yeah, that's good, man. Thank you so very much. Hey, listen, John, a pleasure chatting with you finally on between the grooves. It was, uh, yeah, great conversation. Really enjoyed that. Man, thank you guys so much. I think we just we need to remember that these podcasts and radio shows are a ministry um, unto themselves, and so you know, people like me and and other folks that have songs or causes that they want to wave their flags because they're doing ministry. We just got to remember that you guys are doing ministry and we're partners. And so I am so thankful to have been a guest on your show, and I'm so thankful for the ministry that you're doing. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. We feel the same way about you, man. We're thankful for what you are doing. You're doing a great work, and we're thankful that there are people like you in this country doing this work. Thank you so much, man. Thanks again, John. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. And deep. Yes. Yeah. That guy is so knowledgeable. Yeah. He's always good for a very interesting conversation. A super smart guy. Yeah. Lots of experience. Many, many years of experience doing what he does. I really enjoyed the part where we were talking about the creative mode. Mm-hmm. And I know we were horsing around a little bit about it, but it, it's uh, so true. Everything from, you know, where you get your creative moments and what you do with that time. And also when... Uh, is a good time to take that creativity and do something with it. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a time and a place for all that stuff. And yeah. so I really appreciated what he had to say about that. Yeah. So, you know, talking to him is always like, 
he's always like throwing out these incredible pieces of advice. And so it was great to sort of hear his words, like what, what you know, what kind of things would he teach the younger version of himself and his thoughts around, you know, songwriting and worship leading. It was so, so good. But one of the things I really, I'm so glad I got a chance to ask this question about like his ideas and his philosophy around like bringing in and mentoring these young people. Because let me tell you, like, in terms of the CCM world, you have like Starfield and Amanda Cook, both of them toured with him for years and played at his shows for years. Yeah. In the in the mainstream world, you have like the Brothers Landreth, you have Begonia, these amazing CBC darlings right now who are like always on the air. It's, you know, they're doing some amazing stuff and they all came through this here, the music ministry. Right. And it's so cool that he was a part of mentoring these incredible young artists who are now doing amazing things in their own right. That is a testament to not just their own talents, obviously, but also to him in terms of being a mentor, a musical mentor, or something they can look up to. Yeah, He is that guy for so many people. And I'm so glad we can have, talk to him like this. Do you ever get to be a mentor? Like, I know you're busy, you've got young kids, and everybody's in a different season in their life. But for you, being an artist, a songwriter, a worship leader, producer, and whatnot, do you get that opportunity once in a while just to, to you know, yeah. feed into somebody? You know what? This is the first year where I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, normally I would have like uh, mentorship circles where, you know, you know, meet for coffee and would talk about music or now it's a lot less. Now it's like people will send me songs to listen to and I critique them. Right. But that's, uh, I'm not as in their lives. Yeah. You're not mentoring them yeah, on a regular basis. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the first year where I haven't done it. Right. I kind of miss it. Because um, doing that, even though I'm sort of like helping shape someone else, it actually helps me with my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a, as you give, you get. And so I, I really do miss mentoring in that way. I've had the opportunity a few times now to, uh, I wouldn't call it mentoring as much as, uh, you know, uh, uh, allowing my experience to shape um careers of new broadcasters. Uh, The local college has had me in a couple of times, once in person, once online because of the COVID Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, Just chatting with, you know, uh, guys that are taking radio broadcasting, wanting to get into the business. And this is, you know, a non-Christian environment, a very secular environment, just talking about, you know, what I've done uh, with my career. And uh, it's it's fascinating to hear some of the questions they ask and some of the concerns they have. You know, some of the things that, um, you know, even talking about this adapt or die where, you know, things have changed in the last 12 months for, for many people in their careers. And so they're looking at it as students thinking, OK, I'm getting into this business. What is it going to look like? You know, what is the landscape going to look like for me when I get into it? That's right. Right. So right. Uh, it's I, I really enjoy doing that. I wish I could do more of that. Yeah. But there's only so many classes you can attend and stuff. And. And, uh, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully there's more opportunities for that. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's great to see what John has done and the people that he's had an influence on for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Love that man. He is so great. Make sure you check out his website for all the details and all social media stuff, johnbillard.com. Once again, that's johnbillard.com. Get all the details for him. He is amazing. And he's got a new single out as well. His version of Do It Again by Elevation Worship. You need to check that yeah, out as well. so good. Great, great version. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Now we just have a little bit of time to squeeze in some artist advice this week from Blanca, who was our guest last February. And this is talking about writing from the heart. One piece of advice that I would give to Christian artists, new or old, would be be themselves, as cliche as that sounds, but because uh, I think that's where I'm at and trying to learn how to just write songs um, that are real and honest 
and um, from the heart and like don't try to fit it into some type of bubble or some type of like mold um, because it's worked in the past but just like do things that feel honest and right to your story because that's what people need to hear so practical it is. It is. Being your your most authentic and vulnerable self is the best way and best way to approach art and worship and all these things that we kind of talk about here on the show. I think it's very important. It was great, great, great advice. And I think it ties in nicely with our conversation with John Buller as well. Completely. That whole creativity side of things. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Thanks, Blanca. Thank you, Blanca. And thank you to John Buller for joining us on this week's episode of Between the Grooves. And that is it for this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review to help us reach more people. That's right. That's right. And hey, if you are on social media, and I'm sure you are, come on now, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or Twitbook or Facetur. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> At Between Grooves, we would love to connect with you there and let's start a conversation. Who would you like to see on the show? Who should we talk to? Let us know there on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves. Catch you next time on Between the Grooves, a podcast from faithstrongtoday.com. Between the Grooves.